0: Welcome to the M-Advisor Podcast. I'm Paul Morton. The M-Advisor Podcast is a financial podcast for busy professionals to get insights into the emotional side of finances. Understanding what to do with your finances is important, but it's also equally important to understand why. The M-Advisor Podcast exists to help you get a clear vision about your money, what steps you should consider, and why you should consider them. Everyone is different, and we should celebrate that. Every financial plan should be different, too. Music is used with permission from Forum. Please find the band Forum on Spotify. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendation or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a registered broker-dealer, member of FINRA, SIPC. Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Welcome to the M-Advisor podcast. I'm Paul Morton. Last episode was focusing on protecting income in the event of premature death, and this episode, in the continued discussions of the fundamentals in financial planning, we are still discussing protecting income, but protecting income in the event of a sickness, or an injury. There are multiple ways to protect income against sickness or injury, and I feel like the most obvious one is a disability insurance policy, but that in my opinion is not the only way. That is probably the quickest and easiest and cheapest way, but it's also probably the most short-term and "quote unquote" band-aid type of way to protect against lost income due to a sickness or injury. And here's what I mean by that. If you get sick or you get hurt, you're still here. It's not like protecting against premature death, but it's protecting against a different kind of death, kind of more or less an economic death. So if you can no longer show up to the hospital, let's say as a physician, then your income will essentially... Stop. So protecting against loss of income due to a sickness or injury doesn't necessarily mean just to simply insure that income. It could also mean diversifying that income from earned income, let's say, again, at the hospital or at your dental practice, into forms of unearned income or passive income. And one of the best examples of this is investing in real estate. So take a rental house, for example. If you purchase a rental house... Then you collect rents. The rent that is paid for a person or family to live in the house that you own is income. And that income is dependent on the house being occupied by a customer and not being active at a hospital, performing surgery or seeing patients. So diversifying income from an active income to passive income is the most permanent way to protect against sickness or injury. If you have enough passive income, then you can ultimately self-insure your own income. Why I think increasing your passive income has a significant advantage over simply insuring your income is that you're not paying for something that you hope you never use. And if you never use something you're paying for, there's a little bit of a waste. But I think with disability insurance, you are more than happy to have wastage in those premiums paid because that means you didn't get so sick or injured that you could no longer go to work and you could no longer function. However, typically purchasing something like real estate is somewhat of a a slow burn. What I mean by that is it takes capital and time and oftentimes effort. If you purchase a piece of property, you might have $100,000 that you use to purchase a house and in exchange, maybe you could get $1,000 a month of rents. Well, that rent is helping you pay off the house if it was financed. If it wasn't financed, then those rents are quite possibly helping you recover the lost capital that was used to purchase a real estate in the first place. Repeating that over and over again takes some time and it takes some capital, whereas purchasing a disability insurance policy, let's say for, uh, uh, as a contrast, is relatively cheap compared to to purchasing significant amounts of real estate, but it's not something that you necessarily keep with you throughout your lifetime, and it's not something you can pass down to the next generation either. They can't assume your disability insurance policy when you pass away through your will. Now let's discuss disability insurance policies to some degree because real estate and passive income is certainly not a hustle that everybody wants to be in and it's certainly not a good fit for everyone. And even if real estate is an area in which you want to be involved, it doesn't necessarily eliminate the need for a disability insurance policy, especially when you are just getting started in your real estate endeavors. So first of all, what is a disability insurance policy? A disability insurance policy is just quite simply an insurance contract between a, an individual usually and an insurance company. The contract usually states if this than that so if you get sick or hurt to a certain degree as defined by that particular contract then a income stream will be paid to the insured for a certain amount of time as defined by the contract and so one little phrase that's input in there is as defined by the contract disability insurance isn't necessarily like life insurance it is in the in the fact that if something happens happens to you physically then there is a an insurance company that sends a payout to either you or your estate but disability insurance is very contractually heavy whereas life insurance isn't necessarily as contractually heavy if your dead, a life insurance policy, will pay as long as the life insurance policy is active and in force during the time of death. With a disability insurance contract, the requirements to result in a claim, the sickness or the injury, are subject to the contract. So this can be a very sticky game in reading the contract. What I typically recommend, first of all, if you have an insurance agent offering you a disability insurance contract and they offer you one disability insurance policy and nothing else to compare it to, I would take a step back and ask them why. And if they come back and say, oh, well, this is the best one, then I would once again take a step back and move on to somebody who might could offer you differing contracts. And what I like to do is I like to read the definition of disability out loud. Reading this out loud helps because these are oftentimes written a little bit in a mix between plain English and legalese. But if I can really understand what is being said and how it works in the definition of disability, then I feel like it's a pretty good policy. If it is confusing then it is most likely made and intended to be confusing, and that's probably one you should stay away from. Another thing you should consider if you're talking with an insurance agent about a disability insurance policy is if the logo on the disability insurance policy, the, the logo of the company, is the same logo that's on the card of your insurance agent, I would then also take a step back and say, hey, wait a minute, why? And typically the answer is, oh, this policy is the best for you as a physician, dentist, business owner, executive, etc. But in reality, the answer is, oh, this is what I can sell, or this is what I can sell and get credit for for my contract, or this is what I can sell and make the most money for me and my family. So there are conflicts of interest with many insurance transactions, and those are a couple to be aware of. And with disability insurance, for example, if you make $100,000, and I'm going to use $100,000 because it's an easy figure to work with, The amounts of insurance that you will purchase seem to be really small, but they add up pretty big over your lifetime. For example, if I made $100,000 and I bought a disability insurance policy that covers, let's say, 60% or so of my income, That would result in a $5,000 monthly benefit. $5,000 times 12 months is $60,000. So why couldn't I buy closer to $8,000, which is $100,000 income almost? Well, a couple of reasons. One is if I earn $100,000, I don't keep $100,000 because of taxes. As such, a disability insurance policy typically has some sort of tax protection built in. If you own a personal disability insurance policy and you don't itemize deductions and the premium for your disability insurance policy is paid with after-tax dollars, meaning you don't deduct the premium, then the benefit will be tax-free. Now, for the business owners and um, and physicians maybe who own their own clinics or dentists, if you deduct the premium of your disability insurance contract, then the benefits will most likely be taxable as income. So if you earn $100,000 and you bought a $5,000 monthly benefit, you're going to pay taxes on that $5,000. So your actual take-home will be less your benefit for individuals. Or business owners who pay with after-tax dollars, typically the take-home benefit and the actual benefit are the same. One little component of critical thinking to determine if you should or shouldn't deduct your disability insurance premium, you have total agency to do what you want to do, but understand that if you're in a situation where you're using your disability insurance policy, it's probably a very stressful and difficult time of your life and you will need to pay tax on those benefits for potentially the rest of the term of that benefit. So that's something to consider where you would have little tax incentives along the way to deduct that disability premium, but you would have a potential big tax complication on the back end of that. But I digress. Back to disability insurance, if I make $100,000 and I buy five thousand dollars of monthly benefit, that doesn't seem like a whole lot. It adds up to $60,000 per year. And if that occurs for 20 years, that adds up to $1.2 million of disability insurance benefits. And that's if no cost of living adjustment increases are included in the benefit. Whereas if I made $100,000 and I bought a million dollars of life insurance, that would feel like or seem like, oh, you know, that's okay. So the $5,000 monthly benefit for disability insurance is pretty comparable to a million-dollar term life insurance policy. And the way these Disability insurance policies work effectively or they pay for a certain period of time. So what those period of times are, are of your choosing. And the longer the potential benefit payment to the insured or policyholder, the more expensive the policy. So you can choose a two-year policy, a, a policy that pays for five or maybe 10 years. And what's most popular is to choose a policy that pays till certain ages, such as age 65, age 67, or age 70. And a couple of jargon terms for insurance policies regarding and relating to disability insurance. The first one is non cancelable What non cancelable means is that the premiums are Guaranteed. So the premiums will stay level or steady for the entirety of the policy. You know how you have, like, maybe a health insurance policy or a car insurance policy, and the premiums start to increase year after year, whether or not you use a claim. If you had a non cancelable car insurance policy, for example, then the premium, no matter how many times you used it, no matter how many claims you submitted, would always stay the same. So that's the way a lot of disability insurance policies work is that you can make claim after claim after claim, but the premium will stay the same. That is important. Another jargon term is guaranteed renewable. What guaranteed renewable means is that the insurance company can't change the terms or the language in the policy. This is important because disability insurance is so language heavy in the contract in what determines when and how a claim is made and paid to you, you really don't need to have that be subject to change year after year. So in conclusion, protecting income against sickness or injury isn't a singular topic. There are multiple ways to do this. I discussed two today. One, was diversifying your actual income. That is not for everybody. The example I used was purchasing real estate. There are advantages and there are disadvantages to that if that is not something you want to be in in the first place. The second way to protect income we discussed today was just by simply purchasing a disability insurance contract. The disability insurance contract is an agreement between you and an insurance company to replace some or all of your income in a situation where you get sick or hurt. And that is also is not without risk. One, in that if you purchased an insurance policy that's not that great, it might be pretty hard to make a claim. So the company's definition of disability and your definition of disability are not necessarily congruent. Another is that if you go to purchase a disability insurance policy, just like life insurance or another type of insurance that's based on your health, they will quote-unquote put you under the microscope a little bit and ask some health questions. They might even do a health exam. And disability insurance is a little bit different in that it can sometimes be stringent to obtain. And furthermore, it can come with what's called policy exclusions. So if I hurt my knee in a skiing accident and I go to get disability insurance and there is medical history of my knee being hurt, they may exclude that knee. So they'll cover everything but that knee. So understand there are limitations to purchasing a disability insurance policy, possible potential limitations. But all in all, I typically recommend A disability insurance policy, even if you're getting into the real estate game or passive income game. If your passive income is at a level of sufficient income for you to continue to complete your financial plan, it is pretty obvious that you probably don't need a disability insurance policy, even if you want one and you want to keep one, then that's totally okay as well. And thank you so much for listening. I'm Paul Morton with M-Advisor. You can find me and more content at www.m-advisor.com. And I look forward to the next episode. Thank you for listening.